This podcast is supported by the University of Tartu Astra Project Peraspera, financed by the European Regional Development Fund. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Communicating Science Podcast, brought to you by the University of Tartu, Estonia, with me, Sandy Perkila, and me, Judah Leon. In our podcast, we invite guests who will come to talk to us about some of the main issues we deal with in our Communicating Science course for PhD students, ranging from how to write a journal article to getting over stage fright when presenting, but also students and experts describing their journeys in the world of Communicating Science. So, today we have have not made guests with us. We have Pirat Ehrenpreist, who is a science communication advisor here at the University of Tartu, correct? Yes, that's correct. Hello, everybody. Mm-hmm. And then we have Eric Roldan, who is a PhD student at the Education. Hello, Eric. Hello. Nice to be here. So, uh, actually, what Uh, is the combining factor with you two here is that you were both involved in the three-minute thesis competition that was held here at the University of Tartu recently. So, Pirel, organizer of this event, maybe you could tell us a bit about what exactly is this competition? Well, yes. Um, uh, well, I'm not the only organizer. Uh, we did it with uh, together with uh, the doctoral schools of University of Tartu, and um, uh, basically the opportunity for uh, doctoral students to talk about their research in a, a simply understandable manner, um, keeping in mind that uh, the whole general audience uh, would understand um, what are they doing and why it's important and uh, why it's uh, so engaging that these young people have decided to uh, spend years for uh, studying the topic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, so um, uh, actually we have um, two such kind of competitions. One is uh, in uh, autumn, uh, uh, that's for Estonian speaking students and it's uh, connected with the um, competition of uh, Estonian uh, Academy of Sciences um, and uh, it's uh, meant for doctoral students to talk about the research and the other one is held in uh, spring and it's um, the pre- preliminary round for the international competition organized by Coimbra University Group and um, it's uh, a good uh, way to um, let the wider audience, the international audience, know about the research, uh, practice, practice uh, the um, communication skills, which are uh, actually uh, very important uh, uh, in your everyday work as well, <laughs> uh, because um, mm-hmm. people need to uh, have have the ability to explain uh, without any specific uh, terminology the field of research that they are actually working on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, yes, I see, I see. So basically what you are saying is that uh, this is a really important thing for PhD students to cater to wider audiences uh, what they are actually doing. So uh, in in that sense, uh, Eric, you were actually part of the competition and uh, you did quite well. You were uh, placed third, correct? 
Yes, that was a very nice surprise. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so do you agree with Pirette then about what she said of, of the kind of reasoning to why it's good to participate? Was, was the, were those the reasons why you also wanted to take part? Well, I guess yes, but there is another part. Mm, coming from a, for a country where English is not the main uh, language uh, and in the path of becoming a researcher, uh, I have found that it's really difficult to, to from um, a non-academic speaking environment to a full academic speaking environment. And uh, that requires certain skills and also to have certain um, uh, confidence, basically. So... Uh, in one hand, I agree that uh, this is something that, uh, well, at least in my opinion, all PhD students should be involved in because it uh, really puts you on uh, to work on on what uh, and to spot what what uh, difficulties you have when the language and also when dealing with uh, how to convey the message that you want to um, to pass to the audience and. And then you have the 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 challenge to also kind of find your own voice among the highly academic audience, and then the the popular science, as in communicating science course, uh, they they uh, show us. So this competition allows, or it's an opportunity for for PhD students to engage in how how to be able to convey all the great things that um, that you are researching and that you are passionate about in three minutes and for an audience that it's not uh, your supervisor or your phd colleagues that uh, you can talk to in a, a very complicated way uh, probably they won't understand at least they will tell you ah yeah that's that's uh, cool uh, so yeah, I, I guess that this is this is something really really helpful, and uh, my personal reasons uh, wasn't uh, weren't uh, how to say too ambitious. I just saw the opportunity to practice my English, to practice, uh, to share, and to be able to to somehow fight my speaking my English speaking anxiety. And in that sense, this uh, this opportunity is really nice. I mean, uh, it's like a rocky. You have to, you know, you will bleed in the final round. You will hit uh, very, very hard. And uh, well, that's at least the picture, the movie that I have in my mind in this PhD journey. So yes, uh, I think that that's about it. Yes, yes, that sounds great. Those are some great points that you raised. And of course, and uh, that's... Uh, probably part of why Judah is now leading this communication science course, because we have all those difficulties when we have to do these presentations and we have the difficulties of moving into academic language, moving into language that we're not native in. And there's challenges in there, right, Judah? 
Yeah, absolutely. And um, I mean, I, I love how you also express, you know, the overcoming of these kind of like fears and anxieties and second languages and uh, and all these uh, battles that we actually have as a person and not only as a scientist, right? So as a scientist, we have this kind of obligation to communicate to this wider audience, but at the same time, we are still a person, you know, who is filled with, you know, these kind of like personal uh, issues and um, and definitely also with the you know, communicating science course you know we see this uh, pop up you know constantly every time you know we see actually that there's a little bit of a struggle between what we need to teach PhD students as well in terms of disseminating their research through um, you know through journal articles uh, or you know academic conferences. And at the same time, it's also about popularizing your sciences, which I think nowadays becomes so much more uh, prevalent or important, yes, through the social media platforms that are available. And for some, yeah, for some researchers, but as well as for some PhD students, that discrepancy between the two sometimes is quite difficult, right? So if I'm going to do, or if I'm going to go through this popular science channel, you know, am I not, am I not being serious as a researcher, right? We need to be incredibly knowledgeable about our topic, but if I stoop down to a level which is very simple and easy to understand for everyone, right? So what does that mean? And uh, I'm, I'm not entirely sure whether, yeah, Peter, it's also in, in your dealing with uh, with the topic itself or trying to promote it, whether you run into that same issue as well. Basically, yes. Uh, that's what I uh, do every day, mm-hmm. <laughs> that uh, I try to understand uh, what is the main point of um, researchers' uh, work and uh, then to convey it uh, in a, a format uh, for the general audience or whoever, uh, decision makers, uh, I don't know, companies in uh, private sector. Um, what I wanted to mention here is that uh, the point of uh, thinking through how to explain a research topic in a uh, 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 well understandable manner for general audience it has uh, many positive uh, effects because uh, basically uh, for researcher it's not enough uh, when uh, only he and his colleagues colleagues uh, understand uh, uh, the deep uh, point of uh, the research the wider the network is who understands it the the more uh, the researchers can win from it um, for example, um, I have had some um, situations where I happened to meet with uh, some maybe decision makers. And uh, whenever you have this uh, small talk moment, uh, you might happen to uh, come to a point uh, where you can actually say that, oh, do you know, I, I have uh, some researchers who are dealing with uh, such kind of question. Isn't it interesting? Or can't you find that it can, uh, um, it connects with the things that you are uh, doing every day and uh, then uh, you will come to the point where there are uh, useful connect- connections made and uh, these uh, researchers and decision makers maybe next level is where they come together and they really find that they can be useful for each other useful for each other so uh, uh, the wider the network is uh, the the more um, 
uh, supportive it is for the researcher. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that uh, concept, especially with the networking and getting in, um, yeah, expanding your ability to communicate with not only a wider audience in terms of, let's say, differences in uh, educational levels or uh, age levels, but also just uh, trying to cross the disciplinary boundaries. Right. So, for for example, in your case, Eric, uh, as a person who is studying uh, in educational sciences, or Sunny, in your case, in uh, with technology or chemistry or biology, right, to communicate with uh, with somebody from computer science, I think that uh, and being able to understand, you know, what the what the problems are and what the issues are that you want to try and uh, and bridge. And um, yeah, we've been talking about that topic actually more and more lately in the course itself, you know, in, in terms of creating your own luck or serendipity, right? So being able to communicate to others who then all of a sudden will say, okay, well, but that's also something that I'm working on, or there seems to be this overlap, you know, and as a result, you collaborate, you develop, you, you know, so absolutely, uh, completely agree with that. Uh, so thanks, Pirat, for highlighting this. Yes, yes, I can certainly say that in my personal struggle right now, I really wish I had a computer scientist, honestly, because we are doing so much things because we're doing genomics and we have to do these bioinformatics and things. And then I'm finding myself trying to learn Python on my own based on YouTube. And I'm just like, I wish somebody taught this to me or I knew somebody who knows this and definitely uh, we, we are still like somehow in, in many of us are in the mode that we are trying to just make the people who know really a lot about our specific thing to take us seriously and and in that, um, Judah said, and also what you, Pirette, also referred to, we are losing a lot of possibilities to actually um, expand and find something new. And that, that's something that's really sad, I think. But yes. uh, that's a good thing that we have this competence, for example, that is kind of um, making the concept of kind of a more uh, wider audience talk um, kind of um, more more popular and it's that that is kind of raising awareness of this I think Do yes. You guys yes but uh, actually I also can say from the perspective of a participant that uh, again the competition itself is just uh, is just um, I will say uh, not the main point this uh, uh, at least for me brought the opportunity to meet five more PhD students that are on different fields and you get to chat with them and you get to understand uh, that uh, you opened your eyes basically to other people, to collaborations. And uh, and at the end, it doesn't matter if you if you are in first, fifth, tenth, uh, already, you already won because you you were able to, to make more networking, more connections and and probably that's something that uh, I'm not entirely agree with the front face of say that it's a competition because that may may uh, may may convey the wrong message to the PhD students in the sense that that uh, the fear to failure is a real thing and uh, 
probably some some PhD students won't uh, open their themselves to this opportunity because uh, the fear or the threat to to fail that. But at the end, you it's not about the competition. It's about you uh, being exposed to other PhD students as well and building this network for collaboration in the future or uh, or even going out and have some beers or grill. That's some amazing. I mean, if it's part of a PhD as well. I totally agree with Eric because uh, competition, it's just one small part of the process because before this competition, we, we also uh, organize uh, research communication study days for PhD students. And it's a quick and uh, short overview about the um, maybe main basics about uh, the uh, research communication, how to do your social media posting, postings, um, how to give interview, what to keep in mind uh, while talking to the public, why it's important to uh, be useful for you and to practice uh, all these basic uh, skills with uh, the lecturers and uh, other PhD students. I think uh, that's the main point of this uh, process. So the competition is just one small thing that uh, gives an opportunity to practice all these skills in this uh, real-life situation. And maybe uh, it uh, makes you to um, think more thoroughly about uh, how to communicate. And um, if you have done it once, uh, it will be useful for you during all these years you're doing PhD or even afterwards because uh, you have thought it through and uh, it's easy to um, maybe shorten the, the format. Maybe one day you will need only uh, 15 seconds to say the basics about the research before you make a comment on a conference. Or, or... Yes, that's a very great insight from both of you. It's, it's really amazing then actually this concept of having all of these benefits that come around the actual competition. And it's a very great point from you, Eric, that probably for a lot of people, this competition might be really daunting because, of course, most of us are always nervous to present anyway. And if we know, okay, it's a competition, we might hesitate to actually take part. So that is a really, really great point that you made, that it's really not actually about... uh, itself and being judged and how you place in the competition it's it's more about all the many benefits that come with it so thank you so much for for that comment yeah i i, I completely agree and and i think i mean absolutely with what what you mentioned eric uh, as well you know that it's not about the competition uh i, I also have an issue with this um you know, despite the fact that it's quite useful in order to try and attract people to, uh, you know, to take to participate, because for them, it might be okay, well, it's something if I win, for example, if I get second place, I can put it on my CV. Uh, But the other thing is that, of course, I mean, knowing that it's a competition, you might be attracting only those people who think, okay, well, I am skilled enough to compete, right? And, um, and actually, what you want to attract is those people who you can train, in order to also take part in the same 
uh, format, right? So as we as we all know, and what we also see, of course, in the communicating science course is that nobody is, you know, a born public speaker. And, then, you know, to be able to speak in, in public, whether it's at conferences or whether it's a three-minute thesis or even an elevated pitch, right? So it needs to be learned. It needs to be taught. It needs to be practiced over and over again. And, um, yeah, this, this competition format might, in that sense, you know, only invite the ones who are already good or think of themselves that they are good enough in order to take part. And um, yeah, and of course, shy away the ones that you actually really would want to take uh, or really want to uh, recruit. Uh, but I think that, uh, Pira, this, this year there was also a uh, training. Um, yes, uh, yes, we had a training for, going to take for that, right? all the post, post competitions. And um, that's where we, we wanted to put the most effort on the uh, uh, maybe to to uh, give possibility for a wide range of uh, PhD students to just come and uh, get to know about the basics, and maybe that's the first step to to move on to to really think thoroughly about the, all these points concerning your. PhD uh, research. Yeah, I, I mean, I know that the um, also the work that we do with uh, with uh, Jason Dedinsky, who I think in 2018 or 19 will had uh, was placed second in the actual Coinbra competition. Uh, so he's been doing quite a lot of work, uh, you know, with the students to talk about storytelling and uh, and, and support them in the development of the three-minute thesis uh, skills. Uh, but of course, that the format itself, you know, coming from uh, Australia, uh, if you actually, you know, Google and watch those three-minute thesis competition, which is taking place there, I mean, you can see how big the event actually is and how many students and participants and, and, and audiences actually take part in that uh, and and for for me, of course, that you know, working in communicating science uh, with the course, I mean, this is a vision that I can only dream of, right? To think about, okay, well, to have this kind of you know event on on an uh, on an annual basis, also at the University of Tartu, where you have at least you know fifty students take part, you know, with a huge audience of just you know all different types of scientists to uh, to to come and listen and uh, and and see it as. Um, well, that's just one of those common things that you do at a university. Uh, I don't know if, if yeah, you know, that's also the kind of vision that the University of Tartu might have with that competition and whether it's actually even realistic. Well, basically, that's what you are doing with your student conference. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're trying to do, yeah. <laughs> for, for, for PhD students from different fields to come together and talk about the science and find the connection points and maybe to develop something uh, further from mm -hmm. these first contacts. Yeah. Yes. Really, this is a, a great vision for us to have. Maybe someday, maybe someday, who knows? We're, we're already working towards it, right? Eric, you already mentioned that it's you think that it's really important to to learn these skills and it's really important to uh, know how to communicate and to train uh, your speech academically as well as uh, to to get that experience of speaking in English. So, um, how do you usually prepare for for a presentation? How did you prepare this time? Did you participate in a um, course that was organized for for the competition? Um, no, actually, no. I I I just uh, saw the email uh, about the three minute competition. 
but then I completely forgot. And then uh, like two or three days before the, the closing for uh, the application uh, to be closed, I applied. And in the rather, in my rather, actually, the this course or this training was not there. But on the other hand, I can uh, I can mention that in communicating science course, uh, uh, I was mentioning uh, Jason. Uh, actually, that workshop about storytelling uh, inspired me uh, personally, and I because I mean Jason is a, a great. Uh, a great um, guy, but also uh, he he has this to speak in a very fluent and uh, uh, the rhythm and the message is uh, very well structured. So I say to myself, "Damn, one day I want to be able to 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 talk in this manner uh, with uh, having this meta thinking about how you are actually sending the message to the audience and uh, and." You know, I think it's like uh, when you drive, uh, when you don't, uh, suddenly you don't start to think uh, uh, actively about how you put the, the velocities, then you start to enjoy the road. So basically, that's what I want to do uh, in communicating my science. Um, on the other hand, for the three-minute competition, that was a very funny story because I was preparing myself here in my house uh, at you know, the classic uh, talking to the mirror, practicing. Uh, I even did some other strategies. Uh, uh, one day, one night before, I slept uh, 2 a.m. in the morning uh, practicing. And uh, and actually what I can uh, share with the audience is that uh, I'm not sure if this strategy is somehow already studied i was closing my eyes and i was trying to imagine the text that i wrote and slowly uh, uh, practicing every line but if a line uh, wasn't there uh, then i took the time to my 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 brain uh, to put in the image that i was um, putting when i was when i was closing my eyes and then like that uh but um suddenly then I woke up. I took the shower. I had a very nice breakfast. I went to the to the place where the competition was uh, held, and uh, <laughs> alone, facing a camera in an outdoor yard uh, with uh, minus ten or something. So my cozy practice in my bedroom was suddenly destroyed, <laughs> and uh, it was really interesting to. To be honest, I, probably forty percent of the script that I that I prepared uh, uh, wasn't there <laughs> as I planned. But you mean that's uh, that's part of uh, life, you know. You prepare, and then uh, uh, things happen that you have to uh, improvise. And I think that that's also uh, one of the rewards of participating uh, actively in uh, competitions or or opportunities uh, like this is that you also. Uh, prepare yourself to improvise and that's something that uh, in uh, I mean that there's training for that you have to be there and, and to see how you deal with uh, those kinds of uh, uh, serendipity <laughs> yeah. well, I must say that's a very good point Go I, must say, I must say that uh, the performance of uh, Eric was really convincing and then the most of the uh, uh, members of the evaluation committee mentioned then uh, that uh, he was like a real reporter from a 
<laughs> reporting point. <laughs> Just like looking the BBC news broadcast. <laughs> This is Eric talking about the uh, fresh news from the uh, education research. <laughs> that's so, well, probably that's the that's the setting that I need, you know, <laughs> cold, minus 10. <laughs> no audience, one camera. <laughs> no move your feet. No, no. <laughs> But that's a really good point that you made, that it's really good to practice also because there are always these unexpected things that might happen. And of course, it's not a matter of uh, trying to work to avoid those completely, but instead try to work towards being able to handle functions, cold weather, probably not so usual in, in the sense of presentations, but still, like yeah. it's it's something that only comes with when you do these presentations over and over and different things happen and then you sort of get the tolerance to, to these different things. Yes, I mean, for me it was, uh, I must say, a, a, a little disappointing, uh, the, but I understand that due to COVID uh, emergency and, uh, and situation, uh, that was the, the only possibility. But I do have the, the expectation and the... And I wanted to have this uh, uh, competition where you meet all the PhD students in one hall and uh, the chit chat and uh, you know the more social, more social uh, event. But but I'm looking forward for next year as well. So uh, I think that that will eventually happen. Let's hope that uh, next year we can do it without minus ten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because what does the procedure actually look like? Um, so how do you select or how do students actually uh, yeah, apply for the competition? And, and also how do they get evaluated? So what, what are the some of the criteria that are being taken? Well, um, actually, uh, every active PhD students can apply. It means that uh, they can participate. It is that uh, one must be an active student, uh, not an academic leave or, or something that uh, has uh, stopped the process for a while. And um, then they prepare the um, speech and uh, come to perform it uh, um, in normal situation. It would be like this uh, social uh, event with the uh, Real Audi Evaluation Committee. Um, there are members of uh, all uh, research uh, fields from the University of Tartu in this uh, evaluation committee. And uh, the criteria uh, are also given by this uh, national uh, event uh, organizers. Uh, uh, everyone can uh, Uh, take a look at them on the web page of uh, the doctoral schools of University of Tartu. If you go to this uh, events board there, then there are there is a uh, research communication study days and all the um, information with uh, these uh, study days. And um, well, then uh, if we have recorded all these uh, performances, uh, then uh, the evaluation committee. Uh, looks at the, them and uh, makes them their comments and uh, then uh, gives their point. Uh, that's the standard procedure. But uh, yes, uh, in this uh, case, uh, we use these uh, recordings uh, 
for evaluation because uh, that's the format of the international uh, competition as well. So it might be the same uh, experience for the evaluation, evaluator. But, uh, but normally uh, it, it might be done uh, straight at the point where the uh, event is held and uh, the results uh, should be uh, made available uh, short after the performances. And um, I mean, just a thought that uh, appeared thinking about it from the perspective, of course, as a PhD student at the University of Tartu and, and also the Coimbra group, you know, uh, actually having many more universities in their uh, group. So, uh, um, so, yeah, my question is more or less, is there for the university itself, uh, also somewhat of an added value, you know, given that you want to attract more students to take part of the international competition of the Coimbra Group, you know, so that the University of Tartu is represented or is being somewhat promoted in that uh, in that group. Is that very important part as well? You mean that uh, whether University of Tartu will uh, be somehow extra uh, exposed in this uh, international group due to for, this conversation? Yeah, for example, yeah. Um, well, of course, it's good to participate and, mm-hmm. and uh, to let uh, the others know that uh, we have uh, these uh, excellent PhD students here as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, it's it's important as uh, as a part of the network activity. Yeah, because in addition to it just being an individual competition, it's also you're representing an institute, right? And you're representing as well the outcome that that institute provides, I suppose. Well, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in the meanwhile, everyone can practice and think about uh, the short version of their PhD, how to uh, explain it to your uh, parents, to your friends and your um, colleagues from uh, other departments to, to think about the, the main points which are uh, relevant uh, for the uh, general audience. Because what I want, wanted to uh, express is that uh, actually this research communication is uh, like, it's all about storytelling. Because uh, even if we take the process of uh, grant applications, then at one point it uh, might be that uh, it comes to decide who has the better story, who could uh, um, convey their point more convincingly, who, who can uh, express the urgency of the problem that they are solving uh, in a better manner. So, uh, of course, the scientific uh, excellence is uh, the main value, but in some point, uh, the general storytelling is uh, might become decisive. So it's uh, good to think about uh, the um, generally understandable uh, story about your research and your research. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I think that's a very key point that you made, that, that it's not enough that you have all this knowledge if you're not able to express it to the other people, because nowadays uh, we really need to be able to justify why we are doing things and why do we need the money. And even though we, we are making these decisions based on facts, it's still 
comes also down to how you present those facts. And I guess that's what you, Judah, also are trying to get get to is that that really it makes a difference how how we present both in the written and in the presenting format the information that we have, right? Yeah, yeah, and and I think specifically nowadays, and I think that's also something that we started with. Um, you know, even if you look at the grant applications, uh, you know, that are being sent out nowadays, uh, the majority of them, uh, if not all of them, you know, include uh, having a communication plan in there, and that communication plan is not just about okay, well, how many scientific publications are you going to get out of the project funding, but how are you going to disseminate it? You know, what kind of social media channels are you going to use? Uh, you know, what kind of venues are you going to uh, attend? Uh, how are you going to speak about it? Of course, what kind of website and, and what are you going to do on your website? And um, and exactly. So this this versatility, versatility uh, you know, that a PhD student actually needs to develop, I think, becomes so much more uh, diverse. Right. So in addition to being able to write up your science, you know, to finish your PhD, uh, you know, with those publications, uh, you need to develop those skills that are going to help you to actually obtain or, you know, remain in academia. Because I think it's, you know, the taxpayers are paying for the science. And in a way, what you're doing is you're, you're, you're giving back to the community. And I think, you know, communicating your science to the community, to the community in a clear and, uh, and, and you know, understandable manner, I think is, is, is a key, uh, key element. Uh, absolutely. And if we are talking about the future of research funding, then uh, in future, probably more and more funding will become uh, or private sector, sector. So it's more and more important to uh, have the ability to uh, communicate uh, your research across disciplines so that uh, these uh, non-research audience uh, could understand what is the thing that you are doing and how it could be useful for them and they th- should fund it. So uh, it's it, it might be at one point uh, the matter of life and death for the researcher um, how to communicate the research. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that also, again, you know, somewhat we try to justify the reason why we also have a podcast channel, right? So what we, why we want to talk to people like you, uh, PhD students like you, Eric, and... Um, and to really, again, to disseminate that kind of information and uh, through different channels and not just, you know, to get people to come to the lecture hall and talk about, you know, the things that we consider to be important, but actually to have that conversation on a, on a much larger, broader uh, channel. So um, so I think that hopefully both of you in this case have also advocated that there is a need for podcast channels, you know, that need to bring out that message much more clearly. And uh, I don't know if you <laughs> agree, Sonny. Yes, yes, that that's definitely part of the reason why why we are having this podcast because we want to reach different audiences. We want to reach those people who may not take the course, for example, or or who who may may be somehow otherwise interested in the communication. Other staff of the university, maybe PhD students who are still considering applying. And so, even though the there are are these courses already that 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 Judah is is doing, it's still good to kind of spread out, and and that's what we're we're trying to do, and we're trying to encourage the students in in this way as well to to get out there and and make those connections. Now, with in mind, um, I I just I think what you Eric has have said has been really like inspiring and very relatable. 
as I'm a PhD student myself, and so are you. And considering that uh, our audience is uh, mainly the PhD students, I really just, I, I was wondering some kind of uh, like final encouraging words that you have that you'd like to share. Because I really, I, I've really enjoyed what you've been saying. I, I think you have a lot, lot of uh, important, important uh, comments to to say. Obviously, Annie. Uh, well, I guess that um, if I can wrap up, will be something in the line like this. Uh, as a PhD student, I think that sometimes we forgot that we are in the university i mean we are students we are allowed to to try we are in this process of uh, evolving changing uh, and that means uh, not uh, only personally but also your skills uh, uh, you you will need to write or you will find that you are writing differently you are speaking differently you are thinking differently and uh, and these uh, kinds of opportunities, uh, like the three-minute competition, is basically the the place where, where you can uh, accelerate the process. And uh, uh, success is, in my opinion, overrated. Uh, failure is actually bringing more more positive things uh, when you try things and you and you. And you don't uh, too much attention to the success, but uh, to the to the opportunities that uh, that uh, this uh, competition may bring. Uh, because at the end, if you success, uh, then uh, the the price is the price is one. But if you fail, actually, I can say that I have gained a lot more uh, friends, uh, new PhD students, uh, to build my skills. So for for one gain in the competition in if you fail actually you gain uh, five or more things so uh yeah don't don't be afraid i will say to my peers don't be afraid uh, to failure uh, contrary uh, i don't know where we stop to think like when we were kids uh, you you want to ride the bike and you know that you will fail and you will have to pay the bills uh so if you want to speak uh or write or think differently, then you pay the bills, and that's uh, basically trying and failing, and that's okay because we are in uh, in this process. So, uh, and we are and we are not alone. We are uh, a community. So, so yeah, that will be my my input here. Great, great, nicely said, nicely said. We we do that both agree that this was a very nice conversation that we had. So we want to thank both of you very much for for participating. I think we we got a lot of insight about the competition and also some of your your more personal experiences. So it was very pleasant. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for uh, calling us. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Thank you for the, yes. for the invitation. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and we hope that you know once the new uh, call comes out that uh, yeah that we will be able to reach out to you again and and promote and talk about uh, the competition much more because I think it's really important uh, what you're doing, Pirat, and uh, and also your experience to share with all other uh, PhD students here. So thank you, uh, thank you both very much. I would say that it's uh, it's like uh, doing everyday exercise to support your health. So this uh, research communication is also like everyday exercise.
as answer these uh, simple questions, uh, what, why, and how, mm-hmm. then uh, you will uh, support your research uh, <laughs> for a very long time. <laughs> completely agree. Yes, yes completely agree. <laughs> okay, so I think we can probably 